Welcome to the Mix Zone by Infront X Lab. On this podcast, we chat with sports and innovation leaders from around the globe, talking about everything from the newest technologies to major trends affecting our industry. For those who are joining us for the first time, we're Infront X Lab, the innovation branch of digital media company Infront X. We help sports and entertainment organizations gain the upper hand with innovation and bring them closer to cutting edge technologies, covering all sports related industries from data to content and everything in between. Here we go. I'm Marav Sevier, host of this podcast and marketing manager for The Lab. And today we'll be joined by Guy Aharon, CEO and co-founder of PlayerMaker. The company works with over 150 clubs all over the world. It recently released its B2C version of the product for individuals and was awarded the Sports Technology Award for Best Sports Equipment or Wearable Technology in 2020. PlayerMaker is the next generation player development solution for football academies, as they call it. The company develops sensors that fit onto your football boots and are able to uniquely provide full protection of foot and ball interactions setting them apart from other GPS-based solutions that are located between a player's shoulder blades or elsewhere like the arm. PlayerMaker can work in tandem with GPS devices, but already provides similar information. Their plug-and-play solution provides football coaches and athletes with immediate insights into player performance, including technical, tactical, and physical analysis, as well as gait and workload. The sensors tell you how many touches each player has, how many passes, what is his or her playing tempo, pass completion, possession time, how much distance a player has covered, his or her top speed, stride length, and much, much more. Guy, welcome and thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. First, before we get into the tech and how exactly uh, PlayerMaker works in the product itself, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I live in Ranana. I'm a father of three amazing boys and uh, uh, married to Karen and uh, originally from Haifa. When I was 18, I joined the uh, Israeli Navy for uh, about seven years. Then afterwards, uh, went to law school at the Israeli Disciplinary Center, completed my uh, uh, internship. And the first thing I did was uh, to start, uh, to start the company afterwards, uh, which is a kind of a very diverse journey. Um, and today I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to be part of a group that uh, changes the world of, of sports and offering more and more solutions for passionate athletes. And, uh, that, so you went right from your studies to being your own boss at your own company. Yeah, yeah. If, no, here and there I have a call saying that uh, like PlayerMaker is the biggest company I ever worked for because it's the only one. So it's, it's the more the company grows, the more is my experience. So, uh, so, so let's start from the beginning, from you deciding that you want to go in this direction, having this idea from PlayerMaker. Tell us the story behind the product. So the, the story started when, when we, 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 like seven, seven, eight years ago, when we were uh, looking at the, and how the, the industry and Fitbit became something so popular. And we realized that, you know, data is not something that an athlete can use. And when you look at the market and how it looks, eventually consumers uh, young players, parents who wants the best for their kids. And uh, we started to look at the market and then played with technologies. 
and brought some. Uh, you know, we played with some products for uh, for them. You know, we started with kayaks because I was a navy guy, so kayaks uh, seemed to be like the right thing to do. Uh, and one day next, I met uh, Dr. Erz Morag at, uh, uh, at uh, in one of the in the Arkon River in Tel Aviv, and he said and he was looking at what I was showing him what we can do, and it was silence for a few seconds, and I wasn't sure where the silence going to head. And then he said, "Listen, if I he was 14 years before uh, working for Nike, he said if I had this in Nike, I could bring the lab to the field, like we could do amazing things. But why for like let's do it for any sports out there." And it was like a pivotal moment, uh, and we decided to take the technology that we had that can track athletes' motion, and to find a way to build a giant company. And and very soon after, we realized that in order to do to do that, we need first a hero-driven market because you know, when a, a young boy or girl wants to buy their new sneakers, they want to buy the messy. They look for or, their idols. Exactly. See what they're wearing. Exactly. Exactly. And and we wanted to create this. And uh, so we needed to do something that wasn't a gimmick that can approach the best athletes and they need to adopt it and to trust it and to promote it and then take it all the way to the consumer. And simultaneously, we said, we can't be just a tennis, just a basketball. We need to be like a multi-sport. And this is how the journey started. So from the beginning, what was the vision for? Was the vision more about star athletes and bigger clubs or was the vision about young athletes who are just developing? So look at it like a long, long journey. Of a go-to-market we eventually we wanted to provide parents the best tools for their kids that's that's like as a parent i know that when i want to encourage my kids i want them to have motivation i want them to live healthier lives but i don't know if i'm selecting the right selection i have no technology to help me make sure that what they do they do right You're doing correctly yeah so it, it was one long journey it is still a very long journey uh, that started with the professionals and this is by the hard way. We wanted to build a brand, to start by building a brand. So we started with the top teams. We knew all the time that at some point we will go to the consumer. Um, and so starting from top, knocking on clubs' doors in the UK, they thought we were crazy. But today, as you, as you, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning, we have more than 150 teams, the best teams in the world, the best leagues in the world, using PlayerMaker day to day. So... So let's take a step back for a second. So before we talk about uh, your business model, who's using the product right now, let's talk about the product itself. Um, can you describe it for our listeners? Because it's something that may be a little bit hard to envision if you can't see it yourself. Yeah, definitely. So the set we are we what we did is that we have developed an algorithm um, that uh, we um, install it on sensors that are mounted on the footwear on the outer side of the of the foot, one on the right foot, one on the left foot. And usually these kinds of algorithms require like a supercomputer, very big one, complicated one. And we we understood that we cannot use the footwear if unless we'll have something super small, super easy to use, some super comfortable. And we managed to build a very advanced algorithm that can run on a very low cost, low battery, affordable off-the-shelf components that you can mount on the footwear while it's super comfortable and easy for you to use. So you have one on the right foot, one on the left foot, and they track your motion thousand times a second, which is enormous high speed. And, and we do it from the source of the motion. And, and we look for three things, actually. Uh, noise, which we delete, and then player ball interaction and motion gate related uh, data. If it's ball player ball interaction data, we break it down to touches, left and right touches, passes, kick velocity, and so on, which is super unique. We're the only one in the world that can provide it 
in the level of accuracy that we can provide. And all these different elements that you provide. Exactly. And the other part is the gate, where we can do gate no matter where you're doing, why you run, uh, your pronation, supinations, uh, flight time ratio, amazing stuff that helps you to move better eventually. Um, and, and with these sensors that are out, uh, mounted on the footwear in an aftermarket solution, we created a platform that can go to any sport as long as you move, you have legs, and you use footwear. And this is the core. So that's... And if we're talking about the physical sensor itself, what does it look like? How does it strap on to, to your boots? Can players feel it while they're playing? Is it, is it something that's bothersome? So so at the beginning, some players look at it and say, ah, it's it's a bit strange for them. It looks a bit bulky. What yeah. is it made out of? What is it exactly? So it's it's we have uh, actually two components. One is like a plastic that uh, has inside the uh, uh, the electronics. Uh, it's in the size of, uh, say, uh, uh, a little USB bit bigger drive. than a, yeah, it's, it's a very small USB drive. Yeah, this is the side of it, and it goes into a, a, a flexible strap, uh, which is a material that looks like a silicon, but it's not exactly. We want it to be more durable. And once you slide it in, you put it onto your footwear, like a like a sock, one on the right foot, one on the left foot, and you play with it. Now it was designed to put the pressure on the stronger part of the of the boot, so on the back, on the on the lower part of the sole, and around the laces. So you don't feel it. One of the funniest things that we do is that when we are, we used to do it, now we don't need to because we're everywhere, we're a commodity. But at the beginning, we used to go into meetings and you know, coaches or players said, I'm not sure if it's comfortable for me, yes or no. And we used to start the meeting by asking them to wear the sensors and then go into the meeting, describe it. And then at the end say, hey, can we have the sensors? And they just forgot it's there. And at the beginning, one of our biggest problems were that we went to demos, players forgot the sensors, or at least they pretended to, but they forgot it's there, and they went out with them. Uh, so it's... Uh, so did, you know, did you ever get those back? Uh, <laughs> depending on how much, uh, how, what was the level of the customers. But yeah, we, we had to, to sacrifice some of them, but they just you just forget it's there. Um, it was very well designed, and, and it's definitely much more comfortable for, uh, for athletes than any other solution out there. Um, and and it, it, it's an extension. If you have woodwork, there's no reason why you, it wouldn't be comfortable to you. And sometimes we've been asked for football, soccer, if it's not in, like, don't, don't interrupt with how the uh, boot meet the, the ball. And yeah, it, it's in, a, in an area that most players don't use. And if they do, it's, it's transparent. It's, it's, it's super durable. Let's say it sustains the tough northern... English muddy, cold, uh, rainy winters with very, very strong uh, players. That and how about the heat on the other side? So it was designed in, uh, in, in the very close to the desert. So yeah, it, it's both the cold and the heat that survived them both. I think that like Israel is probably one of the most uh, hottest places where players are using it. Uh, and by the way, it's a good question because on an artificial turf on a very sunny day, it can get it warm. It gets warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it works uh, either uh, here and there. Uh, as long as the player can survive, definitely the sensors can. We want to stop them way before they, they're they in an area of danger. So. so that's one of the things also that the, the product does is that it tells you not only uh, ball touches, uh, possession with uh, possession time, but also player performance on that side of data. Can you explain a little bit about yeah. that? So one of the important things that we do is that we bring um, performance data and combine it with the power of artificial intelligence. So we grab a lot of data points from the source of the motion. Eventually, most of your knee, hips, ankle problems are from the footwear. And it just makes no sense to 
test them only from the footwear, or from the from the from the wristband, sorry, or from behind the shoulder blades, because the entire body is a suspension system. And we have some very unique data. We can combine the kick velocity with the level and the quality of the gait and the intensity of the training and how many times you do it a week. And with this, we build some models that indicates the workload of the player so we can help him understand whether today he can do whatever he wants. Maybe he's on the orange side, then he's on the green side. If he's on the orange side, um, you should do only tr technical trainings and, and red is rest because you're in the level of, of having risk. And we can actually see the asymmetries between the left foot and the right foot during training and indicate to the coach and the player that this, the body is compensating from one part to the other one. So something is wrong. So this player should either be tested or rest. And again, we, we provide it to the best Premier League be players in the world. And also for, you know, a 12-year-old boys and girls from recreational uh, clubs. So once training session is over or perhaps during the training session itself as well, when is the when is the data sent over and to where? Is it a desktop application, mobile application? How do you see this as a number of dashboards? What do the athletes and the coaches get? So, so because we are running the algorithm on board the sensor, you need no infrastructure, no installations. You can train in your like in, in this room where we are right now, which is like an office or in a conference room or in an in a indoor, outdoor, any kind of terrain, you can run on your treadmill, then go to the park and it's, it runs smooth. You need nothing external. And uh, the, the power that, that it provides you is that we analyze the data on board. So we don't need a, a big bandwidth to send the data out. While we finish the session, it sends out either to the smartphone of the user or to an iPad if it's a team solution the iPad or the iPhone or the gateway will send it to the cloud where we will mix. We will connect the right foot to the left foot, connect the team if it's a team, it's a team uh, game, and then right onto uh, an online dashboard or to an app. And in the app, if I'm a recreational consumer amateur player, I'll have a very plain, easy to understand, benchmarked statistics that shows that this is what you did. These are goals you need to achieve. So to guide, we never tell you, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that. We show you what like in, in, in the where bedroom. you so are right now where you are and what's the the, the goal like it's like the the, the, the if you want to do ten thousand steps it's easy to understand okay i need to walk more so next time we want you to use more of your non-dominant foot next time try to release the ball faster so easy tasks that the players can understand and on the higher end and again it's the same infrastructure it's the same hardware on the higher end of the professional level we have much more detailed information there there are also coaches that can look at it and understand it on their uh, computer and it's amazing. It's like you, you see coaches that are, in a way, are addicted to it because they want to make sure I just gave a training session or a game. I want to see if what I plan to do is great. And they're addicted Actually, to the data. Yeah, yeah. so they <laughs> want to see. That. Have I managed to deliver what I wanted them to have uh, much more touches in this training? Have I made it? And so they have their own feedback mechanisms. And it's worked like magic. And, and if we're talking about the B2B product, going back to the, this discussion of the business model, you said you went knocking on doors to get these 150 clubs. Can you talk a little bit about that process and getting going from this idea to where you are right now and launching also the B2C product and how that's changed your business model? So um, we uh, imagine uh, an Israeli uh, football fan walking into clubs in, in London. We, we, we were there. We, we worked. We started in, in, in Israel and Maccabi Tel Aviv was the first big club. Uh, to use our technology to provide us with super positive. We saw that they have a great value with, with the system. And then we felt ready to go and start our, our luck. And we said, okay, let's start with the UK, which is probably the kingdom of, of global football. And uh, it took a long, long while in building a network until we got the first shots. 
and when the teams first were Fulham was one of the first ones to use it, they saw it immediately. They saw it immediately and then uh, uh, they were super happy with the results. And after two weeks, they called us and listen, we liked it, but it doesn't really work. So we want to return the, the system if you can grab them. So why? So we have one player that like has really, really non-realistic, abnormal results. We don't trust the system. And so, they, they didn't think it was correct. That was Yeah, the, yeah. That was and, the... and so we sent them a new set of sensors and said, okay, we'll give it another chance. And then they uh, uh, they used it again. Said, "Oh, guys, come on! You're wasting our time. the The results of the players looks okay, but this one, like, if if one doesn't work, so we sent someone to actually record and video, see the data, and we showed them afterwards that the system works like perfect. But this player is like phenomenal. And this specific player, he was 14, and two years after, while using PlayerMaker, he was the youngest ever." player to play a Premier League game. And can you share the name or is that something that you're not allowed uh, to? It's, uh, let's say that he moved from, uh, his first play was for Liverpool. So this is the kind of... Like, so we'll let everyone guess yeah, who it is. Yeah, Google can do it. Too. Like we try to keep our, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I don't want to risk him or, or anyone, club, but this is the kind of success we had. And, and like Fulham since then, are, they started with one team and now everybody in the club, almost everybody in the club are using the system. And for us, it's a great success. And then we moved to one to the other. And I think that one of the pivotal points in the company was when Arsene Wenger uh, invested in the company. And then we became, in, in, in a very short period, much more known and trustable. And how did you get to Arsene Wenger? That's not something that you just walk up to on the street or knock on their door. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, we had a very, yeah, like, I, I had a pleasure of meeting him uh, through a mutual friend. And I shared with him what we do. And said, listen, if this really works, it will change, change the game, change football. So I thought, listen, it works. Let's We can visit you know, Southampton or Fulham or one of the clubs in, in London or in the area, and, and, and I'll show you how it works. So listen, if I'll go now to a, like, to a club and, and to see the system, there will be a lot of things, but probably nobody would be focused on the game. Bring a few players to my, my place. He lives in North London. So I grabbed, I, I grabbed, uh, I asked one of the academies we work with, uh, Wimbledon, I asked them for four players for an afternoon demonstration in North London. I said, listen, man, I, I cannot provide you with those four players to go and do this uh, uh, demonstration. So you know what? Come with them. Believe me, it will be worthwhile. And imagine four young boys and their coach taking on a small bus with They had no idea where they no were No idea. I, because I didn't want any rumors. I wasn't sure where it's going. I, like, I was terrified. And then suddenly we go into like a private big mansion in North London and, and they see Arsene Wenger and they, he gave them like a 30 minutes private training, which was like, the day of their or a dream for them, and right after he saw, I looked at the data and the student said, "Listen, I'm I'm in, but I'm not an endorsement. I don't do marketing. The only way for me to go in is that if I can really impact the product and I can be as an investor." And the answer was yes, and it really paved a lot of the the core uh, conception uh, or, or the, the path and, and the structure of, of the of the of the product uh, with his vision of the breakdown of the ages, what we should focus on each age and. and the product was better thanks to him. And if we're talking about the younger generation, you also recently, during the coronavirus uh, pandemic, launched uh, your B2C product, correct? So, so yeah, it, it was the same go-to-market. We all we started with the B2B because we eventually we wanted to get to the B2C. That's, that was the game plan. And then came COVID-19, and uh, Rangers and Norwich asked us for a couple of sensors that they can say, listen, we have the sensors at the club, but the players at home. Can we send them? So... I said yes, and then hang up the phone and talked with Moran, 
my co-founder and the CTO, like with shaking hands, listen, I promised uh, like a portable charger for, for the teams. So uh, yeah, we can do it a couple of months. So no, no, it should be like in a week. He was like, ah, but of course, as, as always, he delivered. And we managed to provide them with sensors and they started to work. Like we had players challenging each other, training at home and- Making we were, a game out of it. Yeah, so yeah, while, while you're at home. And it was amazing because like the coaches had a way to keep their jobs. Players had a way to keep training. And we had amazing success like with teams like Bodo Glint from Norway. They were much ready, better when they came back to the, to the, to the season right after. And they said that player maker remote training allowed them to go back stronger and eventually win win championships. Not just this, of course, but I want to believe we had a small part in it. And uh, and we listened to the market and realized this is the time. It's like a time machine. We weren't sure what's the next phase of expanding from B2B into the B2C because, again, it was the same structure. It was designed from day one to get to this. And 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 then we said, okay, let's do it. So we, around June, we gathered, say, we go, and we are moving to the next phase. The timing is now. We need to leverage the opportunity. And early December, we had the first units out and we officially, not officially, but soft launched it in, in January. Uh, and since there, it's exploding. It's it's amazing. It's growing super, super, super strong. And, and when you say exploding, how many are you selling? Have you surpassed your goals over the past couple months? I'll answer uh, it like, uh, like my kid was like, Tons of. <laughs> uh, it's the best way of explaining it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's we're selling more than we uh, aimed to sell. It's like uh, our uh, uh, and, and the thing is that we wanted to start only with iPhone. In October we'll have uh, uh, the Android. It's easier to do a to a product launch with an iPhone, but in, we are only aiming like twenty percent of the market uh, because in the younger ages iPhone is less popular, and we're selling. Uh, we had like a plan where we wanted to have each month. So far, we month after month were way beyond it. So it's. Uh, and you were also recently accepted into FIFA's innovation program. Yeah. Can you share a bit about what this program is and what that means from a player maker going forward? So, first, it's important to emphasize that uh, FIFA is an amazing organization that they very much care about innovation and they want to make sure that innovation will be available for everybody. As a governing body, they want to make sure that any team and any level in the 190 associations around the world will have accessible uh, access for, for technology and data and, and understanding of the game. And the innovation program uh, is a way to create or to answer challenges. So they create challenges and they are seeking for companies to, to answer them. We're the first wearable to go into this, the only footwear-mounted wearable ever have to this, be this kind of, yeah, which which is it's amazing eventually for a company in, in our age, we're uh, uh, we're super proud to be there. What it means is that it 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 they structured uh, a path in which in some leagues in some games that will be announced soon, it will be allowed to use in, in games for uh, for a short period and right right after uh, it will be until the end of the season 2021, 2022. And from that on, it will even the path for everybody to use in games. And it, in the words of FIFA, it, it's we provide data that is unlike any other back-mounted devices, provides a different level of data. And, and we also make it very much accessible and easy. And, and it makes tracking technology available for more and more people, which is exactly what we were started the company for. So it's amazing. And I think that the fact that FIFA, which is a huge organization that is super busy, made this effort to, rec- to accept us 
as the first wearable into this program kind of speaks for itself for what's the power and the impact of the brand that we've created. So above the fact that you, you'll see more and more teams using it uh, in games and in trainings, the fact that we can carry the FIFA logo, the fact that we have their trust and their confidence, I think it also shows the trend that we created something that became big enough. So we are, we are counted among the best of the best by the best and most important. Why do you think no one has been able to create what you've created? What really sets PlayerMaker apart? We started with the toughest challenge. And uh, football is a very tough challenge and it's very traditional. You won't see a lot of innovations in technology. Usually they go for football, American football, and for basketball. And we realized that we are investing in an R&D that was super, super complicated. And tennis and basketball and American football might not be big enough to justify all these efforts. And we wanted to create something that would work for anything. So today we can provide basketball team with our solutions as is. And in the last uh, 2019 draft of the NFL, players were player maker, which is amazing with no adaptation. And we didn't start like with the small testers with the best players of the best league in the world. This, is, this was the first time we ever used it because the system is super durable. And the fact that we made it is, is the concept of understanding that we need to go from the top to the bottom, keep it simple, keep it plain, keep it useful. And we were very, very focused on keeping the professionals happy, knowing that if we provide them with 2% of, of investment, the world is ours. And is ours. We're, we're, we created a category of the connected footwear. We're definitely dominating it. There's no end of how much we can grow. And let's say once we, we, we mark all the consumer check market the of the oh yeah, checkbox for, for the football, like club football, soccer, we move to basketball, then to running, then to American. It's 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 just endless. So you're already getting to my next topic. What is next for Player Maker? Where do you see the product going? Where do you see what you can do with the data that you receive from Player Maker? So my toughest job as a CEO is uh, what not to do because there's so many opportunities and, and, and everywhere we hit, we find gold. Uh, probably basketball um, would be one of our next uh, topics, and we're also working on a big project around it than running American football. Um, it's mostly growing correct the, or, or the right way the company. Uh, and this is what we'll do. Eventually, we will we work any, in any sports that you have footwear, you'll have player maker eventually. It's, it's just a matter of time. And we, of course, we want to do it as, as, as quick as possible, but also make it, you know, we want to keep ourselves focused and, and make sure that we, we do it the right way. And do you see the data that is being acquired from PlayerMaker moving outside of just performance and being used elsewhere around the sports arena? Uh, yes. Today, if you remember the beginning of the story, bring the lab to the field. So imagine that today we can see um, the difference between the symmetries on the left foot and the right foot. And we have some patents we, we actually applied for uh, around the medical area. There are a lot of areas where the motions of the foot can indicate that someone is at a risk of falling. That uh, uh, Imagine that before a knee replacement injury, we can make sure that the uh, physiotherapy is, is being conducted well. Now, the problem is that in order to do it today, you need to bring uh, the patient to the, to the clinic and it's not comfortable. On the other hand, if he's doing it by himself, it's not efficient. So we bring the clinic, or we don't, but we can bring the clinic to- A to, digital to, version yeah, of the clinic. Exactly, to, to the patient. Again, it's a very small focus. What we do, we just generate the IP around it because it's fascinating and it's important. Focus-wise, we, we wake up in the morning and we are looking to, to have as much as football players around the world. 
Uh, it seems as if we can sit around and talk about this forever, but unfortunately, we are nearing the end of uh, this podcast. So I'm going to stop us now. I'm going to ask you a few uh, rapid fire questions, uh, short answers. Are you ready to go? Yeah, always. All right. Well, first, how do you define innovation? Innovation is creating something that uh, you can dream of, uh, and many few can actually execute. And if you could go back and do one thing differently, better even, what would it be? Back uh, we're doing so, so many things, so it's hard to select. I think that uh, I would uh, keep myself at the beginning much more focused on, on, on the path. At the beginning, we were looking around on too many aspects, and it took us a while to understand that focusing is like one thing and one thing only. Uh, and I, I would start, I, I would make more emphasis on focusing on the early days of the company. If you could go back and give one piece of your advice to your younger self at the start of your journey, what would it be? Um, younger start for myself. Remember that uh, eventually we're going to change the world. So uh, when you're knocking on those doors, uh, keep on knocking. It's actually I was I'm I'm still very confident and, and, and there's strong perseverance. And uh, I think that it's a business for optimistics eventually. So maybe going back, telling them, keep keep on this uh, being optimistic always and carry on this, on the, the round around you. Yeah. So uh, it, which kind of just strengthening what was then either way. Uh, but I guess this is it. Who was or is your tech role model? My tech role model? Well, that's... Uh, Tough, tough question. Uh, today, I have few uh, CEOs I look up to and, and, and follow. Uh, when I look at uh, Zwift, Eric, the CEO of Zwift, is one of the people that I follow for a long, long while, and I see how he built the company. And he's one of the guys that I've been following for for a long, long while, and I have the pleasure of having some kind of communication with him. But there are plenty. I think that he's is one of them that managed to do create an industry, revolutionizing, and now dominating. And what technology has had the biggest impact on you? The biggest impact on myself was the, I think that it's it's uh, the capability of, uh, of the wide band in, in terms of when I look at the world that we're running today and the fact that we can work from any place in the world with our smartphones. So I would take it that the ease of communication, of the video communication, uh, to focus more, when I look at the last year, the fact that today, instead of traveling anywhere around the world, we can have video Zoom and, and look at each other and understand each other and create some kind of an intimacy between people. Uh, I think it allows to expand more and to reach more. So I, I would take that recently, there are so many things that recently I think that the global adaptation of, of using video is a way to, is part of the meetings. Well, Guy, thank you so much for joining us today. Odds are I'll continue this conversation with you outside the podcast. It's been absolutely fascinating. So thank you for being with us. Thank you, Merav, and thank you for having me. Here we go. That wraps up this episode of The Mixed Zone by Infront X Lab. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Infront X Lab, and be in touch with our team for more information about sports tech solutions. Just shoot us an email at lab at infrontx.com. We'll see you next time.